in a world where is this thing on barely this episode of the just john podcast is brought to you by the random fact that nintendo filed a request with the u.s patent and trademark office in 2010 to trademark the phrase it's on like donkey kong and two of the most amazing patrons on the planet find out how you can become a patron of the show by heading on over to justjohnpodcast.com slash support What up, homies? I'm your host, John Medina, and this, my fine, fine ladies and gentlemen, is the Just John Podcast, episode 43 for the week of June 18th. Today on the show, Superman on Supergirl, Android on iPhone, and more. Do the chickens have large talons? Superman will make his first real appearance on Supergirl next season. It has been reported that casting is currently underway for Clark Kent, who will appear in the first two episodes of the series' second season this fall. The announcement paves the way for the first new live-action portrayal of the Man of Steel on TV since Smallville ended back in 2011. I absolutely loved Smallville. I thought it was a great TV show, and I, I didn't start watching it when it first started. I found it maybe in, like, 0908 and I binge watched all the way up and then I stayed current until it ended and I liked that show a lot. Superman's official inclusion in the show kind of departs somewhat from how Superman had been talked about in the show before. Initially they wanted to avoid involving him because it would derail from telling a good story about Supergirl and traditionally Supergirl is overshadowed by Superman. That thought process led Superman to be a big part of, well, not maybe a big part, but still an intricate part of Supergirl's world, but we really rarely saw Superman himself. Actually, we saw a blur a couple times, I think, in it, and we saw his name in different messages and emails, but Supergirl is also moving to the CW, and so I think that they're willing to shake things up a little bit, and let's be honest, I don't think that Superman being on Supergirl is going to overshadow Supergirl because we've already seen in the show that Supergirl could experience or could handle things that Superman couldn't and that she is strong in her own ways. And so I think it would just be a compliment if the need calls that Superman is there. With Supergirl moving to CW, that means that Supergirl will now coexist with all the other DC superheroes that are on the network, including the Green Arrow, Flash, and all of the people in the Legends of Tomorrow, which I think is extremely awesome because I liked the Supergirl-Flash crossover episode. I thought it was really good, and I think that the CW is just rocking the game all day long with their DC TV shows. You can say whatever you want about DC Cinematic Universe, but on the TV show front, DC is doing fantastic. I mean, Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, all of them. I'm just on the edge of my seat constantly. I'm looking forward to watching it every week. They're great shows, and Supergirl was a good show, but I don't think that it was at home where it was at. CBS, I think, right? I don't think that CBS was 
intended to do a Supergirl show. I think it should have been with CW from the beginning. And now that it is at CW, I can't wait to see where it's going to go because I think it's going to get a lot better. I guess you could say things are getting pretty serious. Android on your iPhone. Developer Nick Lee has earned himself a reputation for putting weird and wacky operating systems on Apple gadgets. He's put Windows 95 on an Apple Watch before, and now he's gone the practical route of bringing a full-fledged version of Android to iPhone. There is just one catch, though. You need a special 3D-printed smartphone case to make it work. Basically, what Lee did is that he decided to clone the Android Open Source Project, make a custom version of Android Marshmallow that he could run on a board that he bought himself, then 3D printed an iPhone size enclosure that he found on Thingiverse, and combined the board, a battery, a boost converter, and a register to make a lightweight case. The case was pretty bulky when he first made it, but after a few times he was able to slim down the design. He was also able to include openings for HDMI and USB ports and an SD card slot. I think this is freaking awesome. If you look at the case, it's not really that much bigger than an extended battery case. Those things are already bulky anyway. It's about the same size as a life-proof case. Now, not that the case will provide a lot of protection because I'm not sure that it will, but it's still really cool. So once you have the case built with the Android board in it and everything, you connect it to your iPhone and you use your iPhone like normal and then you can click on an app that will boot up Android. I've been saying for years that iPhone design is nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. Their screens are nice. The cameras are nice. Just the whole design of the phone is nice. It does feel nice in your hands. Not that Android doesn't, but iPhone's just always really been known for design. But I love the Android operating system way more. And I've always been, I've always said I would buy an iPhone if it ran Android. Now, while I'm not going to go run out and buy an iPhone and try to build this because I'm no Nick Lee, I'm no genius, I probably couldn't build it if I wanted to, but I think that this is a step in the right direction, and we may see a time where you can get an iPhone with Android operating system included in it. His name's Nick Lee, so if you just go to YouTube and type in Nick Lee iPhone Android, it will pop up and you can watch the video, and it's just wicked, it's awesome, so go check that out. Some avocado, hmm... Project Scorpio is upon us. So this last week was E3, and I haven't talked a lot about E3, and and I'm going to talk a little bit about it spurst through the next few episodes, but there was just so much information, and so many other people covered it, that I decided that I wasn't going to sit down and just strictly cover E3. But one of the cool things that I did like out of E3 was Project Scorpio. What Project Scorpio is, is it's the next major addition to the Xbox family, and it is coming next year. At E3, Microsoft officially revealed their long-rumored Project Scorpio, which is an enhanced version of the Xbox One that's capable of running 4K native games, will support virtual reality experiences, and feature a heavy 6 teraflops of power. Microsoft views the new device as much more than a refresh. It's more like a reboot. It's going to be bigger, better, faster, stronger. The important thing for Scorpio is that it is a dramatic step up in terms of hardware and capability. I know what you're thinking. Cool, Microsoft's coming out with another Xbox. That means that 
there's going to be different games. And if I want these certain games, I'm going to have to go with the new Xbox One, the Project Scorpio Xbox One. But that's not the case. In fact, all models of the Xbox One are going to be able to play the same library of of games. Although some of those games are going to have improvements for the more powerful hardware in the Scorpio. At the conference, Halo 5 was used as an example. The game's capable of running at 1080p and 60 frames per second on the Xbox One, but the resolution often drops to maintain the solid frame rate so that you don't see a bunch of glitches in your game. But with Scorpio, that's not going to be the case. It's going to run like a champion on Scorpio. As far as the VR goes... There were previous reports that Microsoft was working with Oculus on bringing virtual reality to its home console because remember, it's got to compete with PlayStation VR, which will work with your PlayStation 4. So Microsoft has to have an option. They've got to bring something in that can work with your Xbox, your new Xbox One S, or your uh, whatever they're going to call Project Scorpio Xbox because they haven't officially named it. It's still called Project Scorpio. So they're doing that, or they're talking with different companies, but they do not have a certain partner set yet, but we will see VR come to Xbox, because if Xbox doesn't want to die and lose the console war, they're going to have to bring VR into the fold. Really, this Xbox is not even, I don't consider it a gaming system. I consider it basically a PC. It's going to run like a gaming PC, it's just going to be connected to your TV instead of your computer monitor, which I mean, some people use computer monitor or TVs as computer monitors anyway. But for a long time, there's been this divide between PC and console games because everybody's like PC's better, PC's the master race, blah, 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 what have you and whatnot. But I've gamed on PC, I've gamed on PS4, and I've gamed on Xbox. And I like them all. There are certain advantages to having a mouse and a keyboard for certain types of games, and there are certain advantages to having a controller for others. Like for a Call of Duty, a first-person shooter type game, I am absolute garbage with a mouse and a keyboard. If I play a game like that on my PC, I'm going to plug in an Xbox controller anyway because it's going to be easier for me to play. Now, if I'm playing something like Diablo, I'm going to be much more efficient with a keyboard and mouse than I am with a controller. I can still do it but it's not as easy. But this Xbox is really going to bridge that gap. It's going to have the power of a PC, but still be on the console side. So I think that it'll be extremely interesting. And since Microsoft's doing it, I think it would be a wise decision to allow you to plug whatever type of device you want into play, whether you want it to be a controller, whether you want it to be a mouse keyboard, whatever you want, they should allow you to do that because I think it would be beneficial for them. Hello, I'm Bill Nye. You may know me from such things as science. All right, we are about halfway through the show, which means it's time to play some music. If you are or if you know an underground artist that you would like to have featured on the show, please submit your suggestions to justjohnpodcast.com slash song. The song that I'm playing today is called 9-3, and it is by Jordy Hookie. It's your boy Tom. Never killed a man, no killer fam Grew up next to murder, made killer camp I saw May the other day, he's still the man For real, I got all of my old homies until the end Makes me contemplate what our future holds Cause you can find a job 
and lose your soul, but who's to know? In this day and time, my only way to celebrate is saying rhymes. So I wait for the day they play in moms, cause I'ma stay on that stage, rain or shine. Shit is just a little drizzle, jumping puddles, landing in the middle. Pit a pat a pat a piddle, kid is spitting riddles. What's your stake without no sizzle? It's gonna take more than stripes to make you official. And you ain't want it with us, cause we them two be brothers. We said that for they knew us, but we knew each other. It's 9-3 till infinity, throughout all of history. My music lives on with my soul and my energy. I'll never truly die, the universe is just reinventing yeah, me. Get straight, hey. me tone to the best, might as well lay it to rest. Get it all away, kill him, then we on to the next. Took the long way, dealing with these books on the desk. But now I hook lines, singing, ain't got worry about stress. <laughs> and it's that I get the dope. Like, hey, yo, is anybody at home? Sometimes I swear it's like y'all living, sprinting blind on the road. Got no way, just an empty hope. Feeling you don't. And I get that this all you know. And you scared of shit that you don't. And I get that this is mission impossible to fix what's broke. And I know you listen, wishing this was all a map where to go. But shit ain't simple, even when it's in the like and flow. There ain't no nice way to put it. Shouldn't ship with all hell. I'ma get it for the fam, like we in the cartel. I'ma get it while I'm young, what you probably can't tell. I'ma get it, then I'm deuces, tugging. Run like Manziel It's that not real infinity Are you feeling me? Y'all sick like wit Ain't shit I breathe the remedy I paint the hits Create and vision everything Miss on this or that And you'll be dead to me Definitely It's coming Again, that song was called 9-3, and it was by Jordy Hookie. And as is usual, if you enjoyed the song and you want to hear more from him, you can find links to his various social media in the show notes below. The local news of the week. Apple Energy. Apple has created a subsidiary to sell the excess electricity generated by its hundreds of megawatts of solar projects. The company called Apple Energy LLC, filed a request with the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission to sell power on wholesale markets across the U.S. The company has announced plans for 521 megawatts of solar projects globally. It's using that clean energy to power all of its data centers, as well as most of its Apple stores and corporate offices. In addition, it has other investments in hydroelectric, biogas, and geothermal power, and looks to purchase green energy off the grid when it can't generate its own power. In all, Apple says it generates enough electricity to cover 93% of its energy usage worldwide. Now, that's extremely impressive. I had to give kudos to Apple because there are very few companies that generate that use that much renewable energy, whether it's solar or water or whatever. I know Microsoft is up there. I think they're at near 100% for their green energy usage, but I still have to give Apple kudos for this. 
I also think that it's cool that Apple, while they they won't generate a lot of money. I mean, it'll still be a large amount, but in comparison to setting up the infrastructure and stuff, this isn't going to be another business for them. But I think it's cool that they can go ahead and you know make help subsidize their cost of building all of those solar panels and different things that they can subsidize it by selling some of that electricity off as wholesale to power companies because then you're powering your house from energy that was grabbed from the sun by apple and sold to your local power company the only unfortunate thing about this is that you're it's not going to lower your cost of electricity because they're going to sell it wholesale to your power company and then your power company is going to charge you the same price as they do for the power that they generate so it's kind of a win for apple win for your power company probably lose for you kind of because apple wins because they get they're going to make some money back Your power company wins because chances are the wholesale price of buying that energy and then reselling it to you at a profit is much higher than the profit margin on them generating their own electricity. You, on the other hand, are going to win in that you may know that your carbon footprint's being reduced because the power in your house is being generated from renewable sources, but you're not going to save any money in the deal, so that kind of sucks, but... Once again, you still got to give Apple kudos for going green. And overall, I to be honest, I wouldn't have a problem if a lot of these big companies started doing this. Whether the price drops or stays the same, it's still better for this big blue ball that we live on for us to use renewable energy. So if these big companies that are going to spend this money either way because they need to for sustainability reasons they're already going to build this so why not get rid of some of that extra power they can go ahead and supplement their income a little bit and we can start using solar power on a grand scale instead of still using non-renewable energy sources so i think it's a good idea and i'll be interested to see how it moves forward One last thing that came out of E3 that I want to talk about this week that I thought was really, really cool because, of course, as you know by now, and if you don't, well, now you're going to know, I'm a huge, huge, huge Star Wars fan. And there are a lot more Star Wars games on the way from EA. Star Wars has actually become a major part of EA's portfolio of games since the company signed the deal with Disney back in 2003, or 2013, not 2003. Last year, EA and Disney released Star Wars Battlefront from the Battlefield studio DICE, which was a fantastic game. I love it, and it's it's a really good game. I actually haven't been playing it as much as I'd like, and I kind of need to jump on there and, and play it again, but it, it's a great game. I love it, and it's actually going to have a sequel due out next year, so in 2017, we're going to get a sequel for that. The original game is also going to get new expansion packs this year, including one set on Bespin and the Death Star, and the final expansion is going to be launching in December. So there's not going to be a whole lot of time between your last expansion on Battlefront and your Battlefront 2. Meanwhile, EA still has some important internal studios that are also working on making games set in the galaxy far, far away. Dead Space creator Visceral Games is working on a new title with the story from the Uncharted writer Amy Henning. 
due to launch in 2018, which EA describes as an original, authentic narrative in the Star Wars universe. I I honestly have no idea what it's going to be, but I just can't wait. I don't even care what it's going to be. I'll probably buy it, and I'll probably play it. But I think it's going to be good, whatever it is. Respawn Entertainment, which is the studio behind Titanfall and the upcoming sequel, Titanfall 2, is also making a third-person action game set in the Star Wars universe. There's not really any details on these games because they are really far out, but man, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, what a time to be alive. It is a fantastic time to be a Star Wars fan right now. There's just so much Star Wars that I just can't even consume all of it quick enough. It's just, it's beautiful and it's fantastic and it's just, what a time to be alive. The Force will be with you. Always. Microsoft has bought LinkedIn. Microsoft surprised the world with its LinkedIn acquisition, valued at $26.2 billion. Let me say that again, billion dollars. That's a huge price to pay for a social network. And it's also Microsoft's biggest ever acquisition. This is kind of CEO Satya Nadella's hit or miss point, right? We've seen him do all kinds of things that have turned Microsoft upside down. It's just we're seeing a company go from something that can no longer just strictly sell proprietary software to a company that wants to focus on the cloud and on people and on the subscription-based services, which... For Microsoft Office, I do not like Office 365. I hate the concept of Office 365 because I guess I grew up with the you buy Microsoft Office for 120 bucks or whatever it cost, and then you could use it on that computer for the life of that computer, which at least was, you know, four years or so. But now you got to pay like $100 a year to have this stupid subscription. I don't like it. And to be honest, most of the time I use Google Docs now because it's free and I can do pretty much everything I need to do. I would need to do on Office 365 on Google Docs and it's in my Google Drive so I can access it from anywhere. So that was one of the downsides of Microsoft's new plan their new marketing plan but they have also done some cool stuff like giving out 10 the my uh, windows 10 upgrade for free so whatever anyway that's not the whole point of this story the internal memo from nadella is it kind of gives you some basic outline to partially answer why 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 would microsoft buy linkedin after all linkedin just had that huge hack that really kind of gave them a bad rap, so why would you do that? The internal memo basically says that LinkedIn is how people find jobs, build skills, sell market, and get work done. It's a key tool in the professional workspace with 433 million members and more than 2 million paid subscribers. LinkedIn really gives Microsoft immediate access to those 433 million members and a solid social graph that is matched closely with the software and the services that Microsoft provides because most offices use Microsoft products. They use PCs that run Windows. They use the Office 365. They use Skype. 
and the list goes on and on. So it would make sense that you're going to go ahead and just buy the professional social media company because it's going to link you with a lot of your already customers and a lot of potential customers. While Microsoft now has a huge social social network to fend off advances from Google's suite of productivity services, which, like I said earlier, I've ditched Office for the majority of things that I do personally for Google Docs because it's free and because even if it costs a little bit of money, I would do that over a hundred dollars a year subscription for Microsoft Office 365. But either way, it's also going to have to convince businesses that Facebook at work and Google apps aren't going to be better than the Microsoft LinkedIn combination of social and productivity applications because that's what they're really going to have to fight with next. But it does give them a advantage that they did not possess before because Microsoft did not have a social network under their belt. Now they do. They're leaving LinkedIn. Basically what they did is they bought it and said, we're going to integrate a bunch of stuff with it, but you guys run it like you've been running it, which uh, I mean, LinkedIn's done great. So that may not be a bad idea with the recent hack aside. LinkedIn has been doing well and they've got 2 million people that pay to subscribe to LinkedIn which is more than Twitter and Facebook have because they don't have the options so I think that Microsoft's making a good decision we'll see how it works out but all in all I think it's going to be okay I think that it's going to give them a like I said a good tool under their belt for when they have when they start going toe to toe with Google Apps and Facebook at work and all of the different services that are now available because you've got a ton of them. <laughs> all right, well, we're about to wrap the show up, but before we do, I do want to do an app review. The app that I'm reviewing this week is called Meme Generator, and it's available on Android and iPhone. This is a really, really cool app, and if you're anything like me, you love memes. They completely entertain you, and you can scroll through 9gag and just look at them for hours and have a ton of fun. But sometimes you want to express something through a meme, and you can't find one that's already been made online, and there are plenty of websites that you can go to and there are plenty of apps, but this one, I've been through a lot and I really enjoy this app. Again, it was called Meme Generator and basically what you do is you open it and it takes you to the popular section, which gives you all the ones that are obviously, uh, wait for it, popular. And you can also save memes, you can look at the new ones, you can make your custom ones, you can make GIFs on this. And so you could click on the meme and then it gives you the option to type whatever you want as a caption or you can add a sticker to it. It's really basic. It's really simple. And then when you're done, it saves it to the phone. It gives you the options to share it via social media. But it's really cool. I've used it quite a few times to make my own memes because I think I'm funny. They might be funny. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's a really good app, so go check it out. Again, it's called Meme Generator, and it is available on iPhone and Android. If you enjoyed the show, please show me some love by liking, thumbs up, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing, retweeting, or whatever it is that's used to symbolize the love of the show on the platform you're using to view it. You can follow me on Twitter at M underscore Revo and at facebook.com slash Podcast. 
You can find the show in its entirety at JustJohnPodcast.com, and you can listen to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, YouTube, Stitcher, Spreaker, or some other shit. You can email me at JustJohnPodcast at gmail.com. And remember, without you, I'm just some dude talking to himself on the internet. Until next time, peace out, fam. <laughs>